Listen. You only think you know Cinder Williams, co-host of the PPC radio show and the Melanated Morning Show. You've seen her in films with some of the goats. You may have even heard her sing her way to the top. You don't have to judge the book by its cover. You can get the book and read it cover to cover. I'm talking about Pink Panty Confessions by Cinder Williams, available in paperback and digital format in all good bookstores. I would probably look in Amazon. Pink Panty Confessions, the book. Cinder Williams here, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 34 of the PPC Podcast. I am so happy to be following my heart lately. For so long, I followed what everyone else wanted and needed. And on that note, let's get on with it. I'm going to be honest with you. I have been a people pleaser for much of my life. I think that comes from my childhood. I wanted the blessings of my authority figures, my mom, my dad, my grandparents, my various pastors, everybody was the boss of me. (laughs) So often I did what they wanted me to do, think and say. To the point that I didn't know if my actions ever reflected my own needs and desires. Now don't get me wrong, they wanted what was best for me. It's just sometimes what is best for me is the road less traveled by most. My friend, musician, composer, filmmaker, and entrepreneur, Low Bass Place, can relate. So everybody, introducing Low Bass Place. Please, welcome to the PPC podcast. What's up, man? Thank you for having me, Cinder. Oh, I'm so excited to have you since you just happen to be one of my besties. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've been known each other. Yeah, how long have we known each I, other? I want to say what, either 2000 or maybe 1998, maybe? Yeah, maybe. that sounds about right. About 1998, yeah. we met. And it was so cool how we met. Tell everybody how we met. Oh, wow. We met at a poetry venue in Santa Monica, California. I was actually the musician for uh, this this, uh, poet venue. And so I'm bouncing around because none of my musicians showed up. So I'm playing my bass. I'm hopping on the piano. I'm playing a djembe drum. I wasn't supposed to do all of that. But since I was only one that showed up, and then when it was over, Cinder William approached me. We met then, and we just started talking, and we've been friends ever since. Yeah, yeah. I. It was funny because my my ex husband um, Arthur was a participant in that, and I don't think he did poetry. It was actually open mic. It was more than um, just poetry because 
Um, I can't remember if I sang or if I, I think I did a monologue that night. I did a monologue from from something. I don't know what it was from. You did do a monologue. You mm -hmm. sure did. I mm -hmm. remember that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and my yeah. ex, he did some, I mean, we weren't together at this point, but he, at that point, still was a friend. And, and he um, he called me and said, you want to do this open mic? And I wasn't doing anything. I was like, sure. And um, it was a really beautiful event. And, and it happened for quite some time. I, one of the things that I remember most about that night, besides meeting you, is um, I can't remember the, the name of the, the pianist, but there was a pianist there who was also a lyricist and a composer. Do you remember? Um, I remember that guy. Yes. I don't remember his name either. That guy was phenomenal. He yes, was... I, I'm gonna have to look him up. But he, I had a, had a record deal for a minute with, with um, the use of, well, it's Sony now. And um, he had written a song that I adored called Company that Ricky Lee Jones sang. And that's why, that's right, that's what I did. I sang Company the second week I came. And he was wow. like, oh, and gee, that's my song. I wrote that song. And I, and so he ended up playing it for me while I sang it and it was the most moving experience. Oh, anyway. What? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's quite a story. So when you when you knew you were gonna sing that song, you didn't even know that that guy was gonna be there. I had no idea that I was there. I didn't know him. I didn't know anything about wow. him. And you just and wind up singing his song. I wound up singing his song. The Ricky Lee <laughs> Jones uh, originally performed it. Oh I was God. singing it on um, my, my album which ended up getting shelved, but it was beautiful. It's still one of my favorite songs to sing. But anyway, wow. you and I, we started uh, a band, right? We did, we did. Uh, I think it was called, I want to say Savant, is that what, was that the mm -hmm. name of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we started, put, put together a jazz band and we performed at Tory place mm -hmm. was it mm -hmm. and it was i think it was a was it a club that we performed at also somewhere i don't even remember that was, a, that was before it was a, my daughter was born that's how long it was over 20 oh, years oh it sure was it sure yeah. was because it was before your daughter was born then you and i lost contact for about mm -hmm. two or three years and we ran back into one another i was working for fedex right, right. Fact. and yeah. uh, we wound up getting back in contact after that and well, one so, of my favorite parts was the, the music that we wrote. We, we did some oh really, we guys, we would get together and we would jam and we, the guys, uh, low bass, Phil Garden, higher, who, who played, who else was there? I don't remember. Uh, the guitar player's name was Chris. I, I'm sorry, I don't remember his last mm -hmm. name. Mm -hmm. So it was Chris on guitar, me on bass, Phil on keyboards, you singing. Was there one more musician or was that it? Mm -mm, that was it. We found a drummer for our performances, but we oh, we were the ones that jammed and and we wrote some beautiful songs. Some of my favorite songs wrote, I've ever participated. Oh in my god, life. fascinating mm -hmm. was one of the songs, and the other one. You remember the name of the other one? Uh, one I called my dear that um, I'm getting ready to record soon, hopefully again, and then. Uh -huh. um, uh, Island Sea. That Island Sea. Oh, I love that song. That's my favorite oh, really? song. So Island I hope we sea. can find one of these to play for you guys uh, in this podcast. So anyway, enough about us. Let's get on you. You, um, are you from Chicago originally? 
From Chicago originally, yes. Living in California, but from Chicago originally. Well, tell us about your childhood. Who's a little low base? <laughs> well, born on, the, born on the south side of Chicago. I think I got a guitar when, um, my first guitar when I was probably about eight years old, but I was playing all the bass lines on there. So they wound up, my parents wound up buying me a bass. Um, all I ever wanted to do was just be a musician. And so when I graduated elementary school, I wanted to take music inside of this vocational school. Mom said, we're not paying, we're not going to have you do that. You better do something else. You better get a real job when you graduate. And so she said, you're good at drawing. Why don't you do architecture? I just went into architecture just for that. So I did four years of architecture in my high school, Dunbar Vocational, then did two and a half years of architecture at University of Illinois, Chicago Circle. And I didn't want to be an architect. So I dropped out without telling my mom and went to Columbia College and studied music. And after that, I played in a lot of bands on the South Side of Chicago. We just went all over the place. Uh, long story short, then I left Chicago and came out to California. Started doing music, met Cindy Williams, started working on projects with her, and wound up going back to school. Okay, I skipped that part. I wound up going back to school and got a degree in visual communication. So I started doing independent film animation. Um, of course, I was intertwining that with my music. And that's pretty much what I do now. So I'm an independent film artist, musician, and film editor. And uh, on top of that, I wound up starting, uh, I guess you could say a club. It's called the Black and Beautiful Club, which is on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, basically, it's, it's a place, it's a platform for love. It's a platform where if you have anything black and beautiful, anything that's just positive, anything that's just you know, whether you're just getting married, you just had a baby, you just had a grandbaby, you just bought a new house, you want to put your headshot up there, you're a model, go ahead and post it. As long as it's black, as long as it's beautiful, go ahead and post it in the Black and Beautiful Club. And it's just a really great place to be for us to come together and you see a lot of black on black love. Yeah, I love it. I, I really do. I, You've posted uh, pictures of me on there, so I feel very, uh, uh, like, gift and a blessing to, to include me on some of the pictures because I'm telling you people, these are some gorgeous, gorgeous, beautiful people. Uh, I, I just love it. Some of them are historical, some of them are current, every shade of color. It's from everywhere, all over the world, people of color, black folks, it's beautiful. So can I go back because you said something, you kind of like skipped over it and I don't want you to. Your mom said, uh-uh, uh-uh, I ain't paying for you to do music. <laughs> so so tell, me, tell me more about how you managed to be strong and courageous enough to go against your parents' wishes. Well, like I say, I remember in elementary school, all I ever wanted to do was music. They bought me. Uh, a guitar when I was like eight years old. Believe it or not, they bought me a, a film projector and a camera, an eight millimeter camera and a little real to real projector when I was a kid. <laughs> and so when I was graduated and going to high school, you know, mom said, what you want to be when you grow up? I just want to be a musician. She said, boy, you go to trade school and you're not going to do no. And, you know, I was just young. I was very shy. I was very, 
bashful. So she said, you, you're good at drawing. Just go ahead and draw. We're going to put you in architecture. So I studied architecture at Dunbar Vocational High School for four years and then graduated. And she said, hey, so mom, I'm studying music now. She said, you ain't, we ain't paying that music for you to all that money for you to study music. So you better get a real job. It's like, you better keep going into architecture. So I was only 18. And so, you know, I was just trying to please mom. I mean, that was pretty much, much it. Didn't want to be an architect, still don't want to be an architect, but between four years of architecture in high school and two and a half years at the University of Illinois, that was six and a half, half years of architecture. And then again, I did not tell my mom, but I wound up after two and a half years at the University of Illinois, I just like dropped so when out. You, when, when did you get the courage to tell her? Well, I never did tell her. <laughs> I never did. I just like dropped out of the University of Illinois, signed up for Columbia College, wow. studied music up in there. And then I did that for about a year. And then I met these uh, band members. They saw me and they wanted me to play bass for them. Mm -hmm. So I still had to go through the audition. So I auditioned it. I auditioned for the band's a band called Hot Silk. And so I made the band. And I think you know the guy, you know Joe Plummer, right? If I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Joe Plummer, he was uh, the, the band leader of Hot Silk. And so I wound up playing for Hot Silk for about two years. And then um, I wound up quitting so it. when going. does mom know that you <laughs> are a musician? When did that happen? I think she knew when I joined Hot Silk and we were doing gigs all over Chicago. What did she I say? Did. But I did say? put in, well, she, she really didn't say anything. She came to some of the shows and she really loved it, you know. As a matter of fact, she loved it so much, she let us audition in the basement of her house. So we went, <laughs> and so I didn't have to say anything. I didn't, wasn't in school anymore, but here's my band, or mm -hmm. Joe's band, in my mom's basement, practicing for all the gigs that we were doing. And that wound up being really nice. So she didn't say anything. She knew that's where my heart was. And so I was just gigging everywhere. I, I gigged for years so, right here in Chicago. So has the architect uh, training done anything for your life? Have you used what, it in any way? Mm, yes and no. I wound up going back to school later and in California and I was gonna get a degree in web design and graphic design, which architecture, you know, some of the programs that they use in architecture are the same ones that you, you know, Photoshop, Illustrator. And um, so that just kind of worked out because I was going back to school just to get, you know, to be a web designer and graphic designer. But then within that curriculum, there was a class called um, Final Cut Pro. And so I, I wound up doing Final Cut Pro and the instructor said, hey, look, we need you, you guys to, you know, take some film and bring it in and just try and make a story. You know, this was just for the editing class. And so I brought in it, brought something in and we had to show it in front of the class and it was cool. So I said, okay, tomorrow, why don't you guys put some music in front of this? I said, really? I said, hey, I got my own music. Can I put my own music on it? He said, sure, certainly. So there I was, I'm sitting there and the whole class is looking at some film that I put together with my music that I created under it. They loved it. They loved it. And I was like, wow. So I said, I, I switched everything. I so, said, I do not want to be a graphic design, web designer. So you, you found your way. You knew, <sighs> but you had to find your way in such a way to respect your parents. But yet, 
live your dreams, right? Yeah, but you know what? It's crazy how life does a complete circle because when I was a kid, like I say, before I turned 10 years old, they had gotten me a guitar and it got me a movie projector and a camera. Mm-hmm. And I was like, when I was a kid, so I, I left the, the camera and the projector alone. I wanted to play the guitar, but they wouldn't let me. Here it is, it came full circle and I wound up getting back in school, studying editing. And now I, I, I shoot film, I edit film, I do music. So and your it just work, went full circle. Your work is, is it seems from an outsider perspective, a friend, is very important to you. Have you ever settled down? I, I have met a girlfriend or two. They were all quite beautiful. <laughs> but I know that you're you're uh, oh you're goodness. not married and you didn't have kids. Was that a conscious choice that you wanted or did you ever want a family? Well I did want it and actually I still want that. Um, that's a different kind of a story. When I was in Chicago, before I came to Los Angeles, I had a girlfriend. We were together for like five years, and then we wound up breaking up. She wound up getting another boyfriend, I wound up getting another girlfriend, but she and I stayed in contact. We constantly stayed in contact, talking on the phone all the time. I told her, I said, you know what? You need to break up with your boyfriend. I need to break up with my girlfriend. We need to get back together, because it's obviously we still love one another. And she said, you know, you're right. So she broke up with her boyfriend. I broke up with my girlfriend. She and I got back together. After a month, I proposed to her and she said, yes. And so we were gonna be moving to New York. I'm not even sure if I told you the story, so I don't even remember. So we were gonna be moving to New York. So I flew, but she just got a job with uh, Southwest Airlines. I flew out to New York because that's where we wanted to relocate. So I was there and I said, hey, I found a place. I said, maybe we could just move out here to Brooklyn. This is like really nice. And so the last day before I came back, I didn't even call. I just came back, just gonna surprise her. I get back, as soon as I walk in the door, I send them a phone is ringing. I just knew it was Rochelle. I picked up the phone and, and it was this lady from my church. And she said, hey, how you doing? Because Rochelle went, we went to the same church. And she said, I said, hey, she said, have you uh, talked to Rochelle lately? Hey, I thought you were her. I just, the phone was ringing. I just knew it was her. She said, Rochelle passed away last night. I said, what? She said, yeah, she was, um, she was shot. And so long story short, before there was ever a, um, what is this guy's name? A George Zimmerman. This guy was the first George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman, the guy who shot Trayvon Martin. So because this guy, he was a security guard and he always wanted to be a cop because all of his friends were cops. All of his friends, all the fellas were cops. And he wanted to be a cop, but he never could pass the test. He kept failing the test. So he wound up being, uh, what do you call it? A neighborhood watch, just like George Zimmerman. And so basically when she broke up with him, uh, he wound up catching back up with her. This is like, now we were together for about a month. I proposed to her, she said yes. And um, when I was in New York, you know, when I was, I guess when I was just flying back, that was the same night that uh, he wound up shooting her. And uh, he, he, he never went to jail, just like George Zimmerman, because all of his friends were cops. All of them were cops. They showed him how to get out of it. They showed him, hey, look, you know, we're here, we're, you know, and they set the whole thing up. This guy never, I thought I was about to lose my mind. I couldn't take it. So about six months later, 
I packed my bags. Rochelle and I was gonna move to New York. I just couldn't move to New York. So I packed my bags and I went to Los Angeles and I've been out there since. Honey, I'm so sorry. That is a horribly sad story. So it can I, took I, a while. Go yeah, ahead. I, I can say that you're such a beautiful person. You have such a sweet, wonderful spirit. I mean, you're very opinionated. You got your thoughts about things. You, you, but but, in spite of something so damaging, you have managed to to stay a wonderful, wonderful man, a respectful man. And I I, I want to get more into your life this way on the radio show. This is a short version, so we're not going to go too much further into that because. Believe you me, Shelly Shell and, and Jenny and I and, and Kid Disco, we're gonna we're gonna really get more into the, the details of that and, and how you managed to, to keep your heart so pure and so beautiful. And I can understand why it would be hard to find someone else after that kind of experience. Um, but I'll let you talk more about that um, when we when we meet on September twenty second on the PPC radio show. Ace, I could talk to you for hours. You're my friend, of course I can. But for this podcast, we're gonna we're gonna uh, end it here. But um, hopefully we'll play some song after uh, this conversation. And so you guys will be surprised as will I. Lobe, thank you so much for joining me today on PPC podcast. Thank you, podcast. thank you so much. And Appreciate you're, it. You're such a beautiful person. Now, y'all better come to the radio show and hear this one on <laughs> uh, or Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube Live. You all, you all don't want to miss it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Senda. Thank you, everybody.
I was very fortunate that my family completely supported my artistic dreams. What they didn't always feel was how I went about making those dreams come true. Everybody, I mean, everybody had an opinion on which artistic venture I should follow through on. I started as a singer. That was an easy fit. Everybody loved that. They wanted me to sing. Then I moved on to acting, first on the stage, then on the screen. They didn't understand that at all. They were like, why would you do that? You should be singing. Then I started writing and they were like, what in the heck is wrong with you? Stick to the singing. For them, singing was my purpose. They didn't understand why I didn't pursue it to the stellar singing career that they dreamed of. They didn't understand that the producers usually wanted to sleep with me in order to do that album. Or some of them, those producers that is, thought it wasn't worth their time because I didn't want to do what was easy. <laughs> Becoming Clark Bendecourt was their great idea because it was an easy sell. They did not care that I was not a jazz singer. I was not that character. At the time, I wanted to write my own music with a fusion of rock, rap, and pop. My family also did not understand that the darkness that plagued the music industry was overwhelming. Hollywood is bad, don't get me wrong, but music? It's no surprise that, as a friend told me, Lucifer was the master of music in heaven before the fall. I just didn't want to be influenced by those dark forces. Well, today I'm glad I held my ground. The music business has opened up. You can make great music and not be under the thumbs of overlords who take all your money and squeeze the talent out of you until you're expired. So though it took me many years, maturity and evolution, I stood up for what I believed was right for me. And I thank God for his or her strength. I have learned, you gotta do you. Well, that's it for another PPC podcast. Thank you again to Low Base Place for providing the beats for one of our conversation and letting us share Island Sea. Music written by he and Phil Gardenhire in lyrics and singing by yours truly. Obviously, Bass has much more to share. For more from him, check out the PPC crew on Wednesday, September 15th from 2 to 4 Eastern p.m. on www.thegrownfolksradio.com or live on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and many more. Thank you to all my awesome beat makers and to DJ Kid Disco for production. God bless you all. Until next time, that's a wrap. Hi, this is Cinder Williams, and I want to tell you about the PPC Radio Show. 
every Wednesday from 2 to 4 Eastern on www.thegwomenfolksradio.com or live on Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. We bring this wonderful show where we bring the guests from the PPC podcast and Shelly Shell Williams and I have long conversation with them. Jenny Graham is our art therapist and she gives us our gems for the treasure chest. And every once in a while, we are so blessed to have Craig Engel come in and give us some financial therapy. And then DJ Kid Disco is always with us producing it and doing his phenomenal music mix. So I hope you can join us on the PPC radio show every Wednesday, 2 to 4 Eastern. See you there.